This is Points on the Board, and I'm here with my co-host, Eddie Aparicio. Let me knock out some must-dos here. Where you can watch this podcast, as well as our other podcasts, is at sportsgrumblings.com, which will become grumblingsmedia.com. If you want to watch us, see our handsome, rugged faces here, (laughs) check us out on YouTube and Rumble under the moniker Grumblings Media. You can listen to us at the traditional podcast sites, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. Eddie, I guess you're excited. I am excited. This is the NBA. This is my favorite time of the year, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Because you have NBA starting up. You have the NFL kind of halfway through the season. Then you have the baseball playoffs that are going on right now. It's like uh, a heaven for a sports fan right now at this time in October and November. So I am do happy. Check, do you check many games out? Uh, many uh, uh, Warrior games or uh, who's? I don't, oh, they don't. I don't miss a Warrior game. I'll tell you that right now. I am as diehard as in person. In person. Oh no! I, you know I go to them every now and then, but like you know, my neighbor has like tickets, uh, season tickets, and he he sells them to me uh, if I want to go. Uh, I, I prefer watching it on TV. I mean, I, I like going yeah. to the games. But I like watching at the comfort of my own home, and I rewind when I see good plays and stuff. So I enjoy watching at home. And and you know I'm a big NBA fan. I'm, I don't not only do I watch the Warriors, you know I have NFL season uh, NBA NBA season pass, and I, I watch every game as much as I can because uh, I love watching the players. And of course I'm a big FanDuel player for <laughs> for uh, NBA, or I should say DFS player, the daily fantasy sports. Uh, players, so I need to see who are the, the, the key players to put in my lineup. So this is my favorite time of the year, Guillermo, big time. NBA is my thing. It's funny you say that because that's why we have the blackout rule of football. They fear people were more comfortable in front of the Bluetooth. Now even more so watching Red Zone or watching Game Day. Yeah, so they, yeah. And that's why that's why they have blackouts. I, I think eventually, uh, well, actually sports is going through a transformation, Eddie, because of cable. So, for example, ESPN made $9 a person on cable. Whether you wanted ESPN or not, you're paying $9 of your cable bill with the ESPN. Oh, no kidding. Huh. Oh, yeah. They've lost what? half. They've lost $100 million. They're down to $50 million. This is And this is what the leagues count on. They count on ESPN jacking the price up, forcing other networks to pay billions. But with everybody going to streaming, the world of sports is in for truly controversial decision-making and what to do next because players aren't going to go, oh, I'm not going to accept less, but they're not going to have a choice. If right. Everybody's streaming and, and, and ESPN isn't getting $9 million, uh, uh, or $9 per pop. That's going to drive the price of everything. Now, so all these leagues, college, uh, you know, they're leaving the Pac-10 to go join here, to go join there. Yes. All, that, all that's going to be affected. Sports is going to be in a world of hurt within the next five to 10 years. And, and that's going to benefit us, the individual, but you're not going to see these multi-billion dollars, which uh, uh, con- TV contracts, which will trickle down to where the quarterbacks aren't going to see uh, uh, $260 million. Right. Guaranteed, right. Yeah. Like Deshaun Watson, the right. NBA and baseball and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So let's get to it then, my friend. Sure, absolutely. Let's- Let's break. It's it's the NBA season will actually be open by the time this podcast releases. So we're doing a little bit of a preview. Eddie's the expert here. I plan on asking him some questions in regards to a preview of the season. And Eddie, let's start it out with who are your conference favorites? Let's start with the East since we go from East to West. 
So I think the conference in the East is going to be very competitive, honestly, amongst the two teams. And I'm, I'm ranking these in order, right? So the top eight teams by order in the Eastern Conference are number one, I have the Boston Celtics. I think it is theirs to beat. No one's going to beat them unless they get injured because they're not a very deep team, but they have superstar talent at four positions and, and, and good coming off the bench players as well. But Nobody beats that starting four. Nobody. I mean, these guys are, uh, three of them are all NBA players. And uh, no other team can claim that, honestly. So I think Boston's number one. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are number two. They just extended Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, today at three years, $186 million, if I remember correctly. It's a huge contract. The Bucks know what they have in him. He's the best player in the NBA by far from an offense and defense perspective, a, a two-way player. He's the best all-around player. There are arguments to be made that Nikola Jokic is better than him. From an offensive standpoint, I say yes, but all around, I say no. Giannis is number one. So, Boston number one, Bucks number two, the 76ers at number three. And I'm, I was kind of teetering them whether I had to put them at number three or not because, you know, James Harden is kind of creating a, a, a little, a, a, a big fog there. He's, he's creating a big issue with, the, you know, he, he wants to get traded and, and he, but he's, He's bringing down the team, honestly. I think they're, they need to, he's forcing a trade and hopefully that happens, but you know, and bring somebody of, of a good caliber to help out Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. Good. Okay. So let me ask you this then. We had this conversation last week about James Harden. I think he's a slug. He's a right. slug because he's not the James Harden he was five, hell, three years ago, uh, much less five or 10 years ago. And I truly believe he's a cancer. So I would ask you, uh, not looking at what team needs him. But what general manager who doesn't care about the locker room and the energy and the negativity he'll win, who thinks, hey, if I can just get him here, he can help us uh, over uh, over the uh, 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 to the championship this year, and then we can do whatever we need to do with him next year. What general manager is willing to sacrifice his team to bring a cancer over? Because that's honestly how I view Hardy. I mean, look what he did in 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 in, in Brooklyn. And now look what he's done in Philadelphia. Look what he did to get out before that. So why would anybody want that cancer on their team? I don't think any GM that's trying to compete for a championship would want him on the team right now um, just because of the history that he has. Um, but, you know, an up-and-coming team would definitely probably take a chance on him. You know, a team that's already on the cusp to possibly get into the playoffs. And once they're in the playoffs, they're a very dangerous team. I would put, you know, someone like the... Houston Rockets is one. Uh, he's played with the Houston Rockets. Uh, I think they're a good young and up-and-coming team. They they have some vets on their team. I think another veteran like a James Harden to pair up with the Fred Van Vliet as well as the Dylan Brooks would help that young squad uh, round out because they have some good talent there. Oklahoma City Thunder would be another one that potentially could. But as far as like guys that are competing for a championship, I don't I don't say any of these. No GMs are going to touch that because they don't want to break up their nucleus. And this guy... There, there's 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 a, a risk in bringing a guy that has a history of this over to a championship caliber team. So I don't think a championship caliber team will take him on. Yeah, I agree. And even I, I'm not even buying everything you're selling there in the sense an up and coming team as a head coach, general manager and or business or owner of the team. Either one of those three. My first question would be, whoa, 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 hold on. This is an up and coming team. Why the bleep do we want to bring a cancer to an up-and-coming team and he creates a bad influence? Now, we're all parents. 
you're a parent. How many times have you looked at that guy that your daughter's hanging out with or a girl or whatever and go, yeah, that, that's not a good person there, baby girl. You need to step aside. Because that's how I see James Harden. I see James Harden as little Johnny or Eddie Haskell. Take your pick, old <laughs> murder, and little Johnny is every generation. That's right, how I right. see it, man. And I guess I just get angry because to have that God-given talent and to be the a-hole he is and to have all the riches, it's like – uh, 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 uh. See, because I, I view elitism doesn't matter if you're a rich white guy or a rich black guy or whatever. It's like yeah, you've been matter. blessed. You've been blessed, and you've chosen to live a negative life. And I'm not right. talking about his actions, like partying things like that. I'm talking about how he treats his fellow man, how he talks about his fellow man, how he views others. And I, I guess maybe I have a hair up my tush because of that, but I don't like him, man. And, and but I that said, I, I don't think I'm wrong in my statement that what team would want him. Yeah. No, but but he's he's still talented, and I think his his best fit is Joel Embiid in the Sixers. But he doesn't like Daryl Morey, and he just wants out. And I think he's there's a trust issue between you know Daryl Morey and and Harden from Harden's perspective, and he just wants out. So you asked me the question of teams that I think that would want him. Oklahoma City Thunder, I think, would utilize him. I think also the the Houston Rockets is somebody that would utilize him. But would Harden go to those teams? Don't know, but I, I'm just telling you, those those are the guys that I think that would it would make sense where the GMs would probably make that move. I think what happens, Eddie, he's stuck in Philly. I think as the playoff race starts to shape and you get that young and upcoming team, say Memphis Grizzlies, you know, I wouldn't really. They're they're still. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I'm just using yeah. them as an example. I don't okay. know. This is your domain, but what I'm saying is, let's say they're on the cusp of actually being able to get in and make an impact. That's when a GM gets shaky, and for good reason. Man, look at that guy still talented. You know, so, yeah. I mean, so, so I think the dilemma won't happen until these teams start seeing how they're going to fare this season in the closer we get. He's one of these potential trading deadline guys. So, and I apologize, I kind of we kind of digress there. So, you're saying Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Sixers, Philadelphia, and then give yep. me one more. Number, number four, I have Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they're an up and coming team. They have a good nucleus, good young core, uh, a couple center footers that are just you know game changing center footers in their starting lineup. Um, I think that you know uh, that, that that you know Donovan Mitchell paired up with uh, Darius Garland. I think that team is legit along with uh, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Uh, they have some good uh, role players on that team. I think that team's an up and coming team, and I think they're going to compete for you know the, the home court advantage. So that's why I have them at number four. Number five, I have. My- no, I was just going to say, uh, 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 I didn't know how deep you were going to go. I apologize. I I'm going. I'm going eight. You give me the okay. top eight. I'm going to go That's eight in each conference, and then I'm going to. I'll give you some 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 uh, bubble teams uh, that could be eight, nine or ten. But I'm going to give you the top eight with nine and ten for each conference. So at number four, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number five, I have the Miami Heat, and then number six, I have Indiana, and then in the play-in tournament, I have New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. With the, the the teams on the edge or the bubble would be the Atlanta Hawks and the Toronto Raptors. So that's my Eastern Conference. When on was the, the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs? They were in the playoffs last year. Were they? Okay. I mean, yeah, in the year before that. that. Yeah. Uh, when, I guess my real question, I guess, is when's the last time they've been relevant? The only reason I ask is I haven't heard the Knicks like being talked along with the Warriors, the Bucks, the Celtics in years. Or, or yeah, no, they're they're they're. They're, they they've been a playoff team the last couple of years. I mean, Tom Thibodeau is their coach. So and they got uh, that Brunson kid last year. 
Yeah, Jalen Brunson. Yep, yeah. they have Jalen Brunson. They have uh, R.J. Barrett. They have uh, J- uh, Julius Randle. They brought over D- Dante DiVincenzo. They have a few other players on that team. But, you know, that team, you know, it, they're a defensive-oriented team. They need more shooting. That's why they brought the Dante DiVincenzo to help out on that on that regard. Um, but, you know, I think they're, 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 they're a playoff team. They, they've been proven the, they're a playoff team the last couple of years. So after the Bulls at number eight, like I said, I have Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks and then the Toronto Raptors. So that wraps up my uh the the playoff bracket for the eastern conference in the western conference you know you have to put denver nuggets in number one denver nuggets you know they're the, the defending champs arguably have the best player in the in the nba in Yo- nikola Jokic. they have a jamal murray who is a a, a rising superstar on the, from the point guard position and then they have michael porter if he stays healthy Essentially, they're calling him Clay Thompson. You know, a poor man's Clay Thompson who can shoot a little bit taller than Clay Thompson because he's because he's six ten. Clay Thompson's six seven, um, and you know wow. he's got good, uh, leaping ability. And you know, but the thing is, they lost uh, Bruce Brown. You know, uh, uh, to the Indiana Pacers, and uh, you know they also lost uh, Jeff Green. You know, and, and but they have this uh, Christian Braun, I think, who's an emerging talent um, that he's he's going to help to keep them on the top. So I think the Denver Nuggets are number one. Number two, I had the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Phoenix Suns are number two. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I think that, that the moves that they made uh, in the offseason to bring Bradley Beal over, uh, along with Yusuf Nurkic, they uh, also have uh, uh, Grayson Allen and a bunch of uh, ancillary players like, you know, uh, 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 let's see who they have. They have, uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Yuta uh, Watanabe. Uh, they have, yeah, I just lost all the players that I had. Oh, sorry. I, I'm thinking of some other team. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so, so that's it. So, so, uh, we're, I, was, I just lost myself, man. Um, where am I? Y'all have to forgive Eddie. I oh. think he's got some, some relatives crossing the border right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix. Sun, so that's what I was thinking about. Um, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, they have a, a, a bunch of defensive guys on their team. Uh, you know that 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 they they brought over to help supplement that team. So Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns are uh, the top two. Number three, I have the the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers, I said, are the deepest team in the NBA. Uh, they they have guys like uh, Christian Wood, Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, who brought over Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. I mean, they have a deep team, and they're the team to to me that are, the, I, I, in my opinion, are going to pretty much um, you know. Probably be in the end, and I'll give you my my my, my top four. Yeah, I mean, they made end. it last year to the end. Yeah, out of out of the, out of the playing tournament. The final. Yeah, exactly. Playing tournament. Yes. So uh, so anyway, so I have the Lakers at number three. Number four, I have the Golden State Warriors. Uh, at number five, I have the Sacramento Kings. At number six, I have really? the, the yes. The Sacramento at six, Kings. I yes. Mean, not being that, to me, they're even worse off than the Knicks. All I ever remember about Sacramento. Terrible coaching, terrible stadium. Uh, no, they, uh, they 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 pushed the the Warriors to the brink last year. Uh, they took the Warriors to the game. Yeah, so they're and, and they were uh, ranked higher. They were the number three team in the conference last year. So the the Sacramento Kings, you know, are a legitimate team. So they have a really good uh, point guard in Darren Fox. You have uh, Demontis Sabonis. You have uh, Keegan Murray, who's an emerging talent. So. That team is, is is there in the top in the top five right now. At number six, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. 
I think losing Ja, ja Morant for about 25 games, I think that's going to hinder them a little bit. And then we just found out that Steven Adams actually is out for the season with another knee injury. So I think that is going to hurt them, although they have learned how to play without him last year. But he's a big defensive presence. You know, he, he makes that team, you know, tough because he's just a tough, rugged guy. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be on Jaron Jackson's shoulders to carry the load on the uh, on the on the center side. So after Memphis, I have the uh, Los Angeles Clippers at number seven, at number eight, which was also this, the the team last year. I think they were also they were a playing team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, these teams that are in the seven and eight spot are actually the playing te- teams. So I have them in the playing tournament as well. And the teams on the outside, possibly looking in, are the two young teams that have these up and coming seven foot players in Chet Holmgren in the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then I have also Victor Wembanyama, San Antonio Spurs. They just beat the Warriors in the last preseason game and the Warriors played their starters. San Antonio came out and played and they played well. So that team has got some talent and it's just, and they have a great coach. So I think they're going to surprise some, some, some teams uh, out there. And that's why I have them as a, on a, as a bubble team. You know, I agree, and, and and you know good and well I loathe Popovich, but <laughs> I will take him over any coach in that NBA league today. Because Pat Riley's not coaching anymore. He's uh, the president, right? So, right. yeah. Uh, and, and there are other quality coaches out there, people. But Popovich has a track record, the mental toughness to challenge the top players in the league, and just the overall just kick some ass. Uh, 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 so, yeah, I, I can see that. Where did you have uh, the Spurs ranked? So I had the Spurs outside uh, outside of the top eight. So they would be a team. Yeah, so I had them at number at number ten right now. Um, and and, and I, you know, I, it, wait, it just remains to be seen. They're a young team. You know, this guy Webinyama is a force. Uh, we will see how you know how how things uh, how the teams defend this guy. I mean, right now he's kind of unguardable if he's able to 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 shoot over people at the at the perimeter and be consistent. Um, and, and, you know, they have other guys. They have the Devin Vassell. They have Keldon Johnson. Uh, you know, they have uh, Zach Collins. They just they just have a, a, a pretty good young little team there. Charles Bassey is in the uh, center. So they have good players. So it's going to be interesting. They could be pushing Minnesota for the top eight. So um, let me tell so, you something. Yeah. Let me tell you this one great story. So I stopped watching. I still read basketball and all that, but it's not my favorite sport. But I still stay on it because of the job. But I stopped watching it. The, the, the Portland and the Lakers played in the 90s, back-to-back mm. seasons. I think mm. in the championship or, or in the finals to get to the championship, I think they were back-to-back seasons. And after the second season, to me, I was disgusted because if there's any game that is fixed, it's the NBA. I remember <laughs> watching that ref. Here comes Shaq barreling down, uh, 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 charges into the guy. The ref's looking at it like this. And there goes Shay just watching Shaq uh, dunk it afterwards. And I'm like, this is fixed. They had like, I can't remember, but it was a big lead both years. And I'm like, this is fixed. And then they never, they never punished the Lakers for tampering. And it was like the worst kept secret when they were pursuing Shaq from Orlando. They tampered. It was like the worst kept secret. Uh, uh, but that said, I stopped watching. You know? <laughs> I am going to start watching this year. Because of Victor Wimbayama. And trust me, I'm a Garnett fan. I'm a Durant fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of those who go against both grains. Meaning they, uh, 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 they will sit there and defend their turf. And they are who they are. And, P, you know, politically people think you have similar values or you think certain ways. Hey, we're alike politically. And I love like the Durant and Garnett, Garnett uh, uh, of the world where they say their own thing. But I'm digressing again. But I plan <laughs> on watching NBA basketball this year because I do want to see that seven foot six, 
Seven foot four. Seven foot four win by yes. Yama. Because yes. to see somebody that big, the, 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 the be as nimble as we think he can be, this guy could – we could be saying in 12 years the greatest player in the league if that talent comes true. No, he's a he's a generational talent, transcendent player, without a doubt. I mean, this guy has a skill set that yeah. not many have seen at that at that height. So yeah. uh, I think we're we're seeing somebody who's going to be an all timer if he stays healthy and puts on a few more pounds. Yeah, that's a big key there. Yep, yep. So as far as the because you asked me the question earlier, like who are who do I think are going to be the final four? Okay, right. What's interesting? So so. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I think we don't know how the brackets are going to fill out because, you know, the, 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 the playoff brackets kind of, you know, they, they, they have certain seedings based on where people are right. placed. I'm just giving you teams that I think are going to be in the top four. It may not happen because it's just the way the brackets work out, but these are the top four. I think in hey, the Eastern. Hey, 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 do it as Latino, man. Grab it and own it. Look at yeah. you, and Own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing it. So my top four in the East, I have Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're uh, they're 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 ahead above the rest in the, in the in the conference, and I think it's it's Boston's to lose in my opinion. And then I have Denver, and it hurts me to say this, but the Los Angeles Lakers, I think, are going to be there again. But at this time, I think they're going to be in the in the conference finals. Well, it was the conference finals last year, so I think it's going to be a repeat of the conference finals uh, of a year ago, where the Lakers, as a playing team, uh, played against the Denver Nuggets, and the Denver Nuggets swept them. Um, but the, the, the games were competitive. And I think the Lakers now are a deeper team, and they think they're going to challenge them. So it, it pains me because I really want to see the Golden State Warriors. But the Lakers, in my opinion, are a bad matchup for the for the Warriors. I think the well, Denver Nuggets. Good, Eddie. Was that? The Lakers took the Warriors out last year. Yeah, if they I did. Now, no, no, so you're saying, in your mind, that's going to happen again this year. So uh, Just because quick. they're a deeper team. They're no, a deeper no, I, team. I, I get that. But the point is, is. What 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 is becoming of the Warriors? Has their peak ended, and now they're they're battling it out to win maybe one or one more before that team gets broken up, or or, or Curry gets a little too old, or what? What are you saying? I, I'm just saying. I mean, they are they are they are on the older side of things, right? They're on the on the wrong side of thirty, honestly. But Stephen Curry is a specimen. He's thirty five years old. Suppose I I've heard from. From 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 the beat reporters out here, he's in the best shape of his career, and that's unbelievable to to believe that because he's already in great shape. He's probably the 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 the, the best shape uh, NBA player in the entire NBA. Um, and to say that he's in a better shape this year at 35 is incredible. And I've heard in through through the beat reporters that his shooting capabilities are even better this year. So if you have that already, you know you have to, the, the the key for the Warriors is Clay Thompson. If Clay Thompson come can come back pre-injury Clay Thompson, then this team is going to compete. But if Clay is going to be chucking up shots and at a very low efficiency rate and, uh, you know, Chris Paul mans the second team and, and is able to get that team going, I think Clay Thompson is a big key for that success. So Draymond Green also, you know, they're all, they're all on the wrong side of 30, right? They're an older team. Chris Paul makes them even older at 38, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But the thing is, you have, you know, a Jonathan Kaminga who has emerged this year. And, and I think this guy... Yeah, he's a, he's he's emerging for sure. He's going to be a player to watch uh, early this season. I think he's somebody I'm going to point out in the uh, in, in the uh, in the in the daily fantasy uh, pools as well. But anyway, so so to answer your question, a lot of things have to align for the Warriors to be in the top two, in my opinion. Are they capable of doing it? Absolutely. They won that championship a couple of years ago, and no one even gave them a shot. So I think they have it in them. They have championship pedigree. 
And I think that, you know, if if the, if everything falls in line and no injuries, no major inj- injuries happen to these older players, I think they will compete against the Lakers. But in my opinion, I think the Lakers are a deeper team. And if they stay healthy, I think they're going to, they're going to compete against Denver for the you know to go to go to the NBA finals. No, I get that. Uh, uh, to bottom line, Abby, uh, uh, what you're saying though is they are on the downward trend because yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but 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 they're still at the near end of the peak, right? I, they're they're starting all the way down. But can they win? I mean, they were they were on the downward trend two two years ago, right? But right, they exactly. So we're probably so. looking at at the third year now. My final question for the uh, before we move on to the next segment is. Uh, and, and I've asked you this before. Let's say James Harding does come on board from the perspective, okay, I'm not going to be an A-hole, a bleep hole. I'm going to be a team player. I want a championship. I'm not getting any younger in terms of sticking with the Phillies. So let's say you have Phillies. a happy – The Sixers. Phillies, yeah. The Sixers, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. How does that affect your perspective in terms of the Sixers? Are they still a distant – or can they? I mean, NBA is like the NFL any given Sunday in the playoffs. But you know, it sounds like what you're saying. There's just a, too big of a gap there with the, with Milwaukee and, and Boston from the rest of the league. And it, based off our talks, the next closest is Philly. So I'm saying in a perfect scenario, can they close the gap with the James Harden that actually is playing for a ring and, and being a good uh, uh, teammate? Yeah, that, I have my number three with James Harden playing for a ring and having his attitude all, all all together. So that's that's what I have. So that that's with James Harden on the squad, you know, playing. No, no, as I'm a saying, team do you put them at the same tier as the first two, though? No. If they, okay, gotcha. No, that's why I'm putting my number three. I mean, the the, the top two are ahead above everybody else. So, and then the eventual champion, I think, it's going to be come down to Denver versus Boston, and I think Boston's going to win uh, in six. That's my call. They better, they better get some out, some shooting. I remember that from last year. You know, uh, Jason Tatum can shoot. Uh, you know, Peyton, the Peyton Pritchard but they, can but shoot. They, but they went dry that series. Wasn't that the series they just? It happened, but it happens. It happens in any. I mean, that's why a lot of you know Charles Barkley always said a jump shooting team isn't going to win an NBA championship, and lo and behold, it has happened just because. The playoffs are different. It's different, right? The the teams are they get to know each other very well. There's tired legs. Defense is tougher. There's only like a very short bench. Eight team, eight eight players that come in play typically. So jump shooting teams typically haven't won in the past because of that. But the, the but the players are better conditioned now than they were back in the past. So a jump shooting team with some inside presence can win a championship. A la the Warriors have done it for the last nine years. Okay, my friends, let's get to the good stuff before we close it out. Eddie's giving us his takes on the conference, on uh, 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 who his favorites are, who's going to win it. Actually, we got a couple of segments that's here. So any comments on opening night? What are, what, what are your thoughts with opening night? And then feel free to segue into the daily fantasy picks from there. But what are you looking for from an NBA fan's perspective or analyst's perspective as well uh, uh, versus getting into the gambling mentality? <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the 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 NBA did it right with the picking the opening night with these four teams because this is a very intriguing matchup. The first one being the uh, Lakers versus the Nuggets. Uh, it's a it's a it's a rematch of last year's conference finals. I think the Lakers learned a lot from that uh, from that matchup. They 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 learned they need to be deeper, and that's what they did. They 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 went out and got some got some up. They upgraded their bench. And like I said in an earlier podcast, they run eleven people deep on that team, and I think that that's going to benefit them in the in the in the regular season to be able to rest their superstar players like LeBron James and uh, and Anthony Davis. 
you know, and then, you know, you, you have uh, D'Angelo Russell, I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he's playing like really, really well. He played really well, really well in this uh, preseason. So, you know, I, I think the, the complement of players that they have added, I think is going to help, you know, uh, uh, load manage that team, uh, load manage that, uh, the, the veterans moving forward. Um, but of course, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, these teams who load manage, how they're going to navigate the new rule about load management, because it's pretty severe. The NBA is actually cracking down on load management this year, uh, where they're, they're fining people pretty hefty fines if they repeat offenders. Explain to the audience exactly what, for those who don't know or that still learning about the NBA. Yeah. So, uh, let me just get to my notes here on that because it is pretty complicated. So, um, so the way that they, the, 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 what's happened is that a lot of these uh, uh, fans have been paying a lot of money for for their for their tickets, and they want to go see some of their, their the superstar players, right? right? And a lot of these superstar players, I mean, there there are some teams that are that, that are repeat offenders on this. And I'm, I'm gonna call out the Clippers on this because they're the ones I think that have, have taken advantage of the load management the most because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But what's happened is a lot of these families who pay a lot of money for these tickets. Are, are just getting upset that the, the, the players that, that, that their kids want to come out and see are being benched because they're load managing them. And, you know, this is something that's a new, you know, new thing, this new trend of load management that, you know, uh, the analytics have shown that, you know, people who rest longer actually last longer. But, you know, right. people in the 80s and 90s, they didn't load manage. And you have Hall of Fame players that played, you know, 35, 40 minutes a game. So, you know, th- those old school players say BS on load management. But anyway, I digress. So what the NBA has done is they are actually uh, making a, a stipulation that any star player and a star player is somebody that, that's defined uh, by you know either all NBA or uh, or all star within the last three years. Uh, there are about forty nine of these players in the NBA, and um, only about fifteen have more than one star. But uh, what what they're doing is that a team who violates this uh, load management will get a hundred thousand dollar fine. Okay, for the first offense. The second violation is going to be $250,000. And for each subsequent, the third, excuse me, for the third violation is going to be $1.25 million. And then each subsequent after that is going to be a million dollars added to the previous fine. So it it starts stacking up. So it's definitely making teams think twice about load management. I I get that. So, Eddie, from what I'm hearing, because I know you're going to correct me, is that the fans paying a lot of money, they want to see the superstars play. And what's happening is teams are resting their players because it's a long season. Right. So why is, I mean, this is a situation in which business has taken over the common sense uh, management of a basketball team is what I'm hearing. I mean, because it's smarter. If you, if you have the talent, the depth, and you're playing a team you think you, you're pretty sure you can beat without your star player, why not rest them? If that, if that makes, I get the fans. Tickets are expensive. But right. you usually know ahead of time if a player is going to play or not, right? Yeah, but, you know, the fans start, start stop coming to the game, then advertisers start losing money, and the NBA starts losing money. So money wins out here. And I think that, you know, they're, they're sending a message. Look, we understand if a player is injured, sit them. We get it. But if they're not injured, okay, you know, they're, they're expected they're to play. It. Yeah, if I, they're I, injured. I was wondering how they were going to do that. No, oh. if they're legitimately injured, they're injured, right? But if they're not legitimately injured – they should be at least in, 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 in on the bench with the players and not, you know, at least be present for the fans to see so that in case they want to take pictures with these right. people. Right? No, no, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, I guess my, com- my comment from that same PR perspective is 
the league wants the Lakers to upset Denver. They know Denver's going to be around. It has nothing to do with, with who they want to see win it all, but they want the Lakers to upset Denver. First of all, Denver's a small market team, and they have their rabid fan base. But Los Angeles is one of the meccas when people think of the NBA, the Lakers, and Showtime, the merchandise sales, getting more people to tune in. Uh uh, I, and it gets me thinking of what you said. This is the start of them saying we're back and we're better than what the world knows is the best team uh, over the last 10 years in the in Golden State. So that's who they want to win are the Lakers. That's a great that I mean, that's a smart business uh, want to have. But, uh, yeah, I get that with the load playing that that's fascinating, actually. Thank you for bringing that up. Because yeah, no problem. So just getting back to it. So the Lakers versus Nuggets, uh, the first game, I think it's I think the Lakers, their depth, I think, is going to show up in that game. They're pretty motivated to beat this team. And I think I pre I'm predicting the Lakers are going to upset the, uh, the, the Nuggets in, in uh, tomorrow night uh, in game one. And my call is 110 to 107. So that's my call for tomorrow. Uh, in the second game, we have the Suns versus the Warriors. Believe it or not, this is the first time that Kevin Durant is going to play in front really? of the Golden State crowd since they won their last NBA championship in 2019. Um, yeah, because he actually did come, come play out one time, but it was during the COVID time in an empty arena, right? Yeah. So he did come out and play. But this is going to be the first time he's going to be in front of a crowd that he's going to, you know, and I'm hoping that the, the crowd is going to give him a standing ovation because he deserves it. Uh, I know he got ran out of town because of the whole Draymond issue, this and that. Yeah. But, you know, he, you know, Dray Draymond is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a temperamental guy, you know, uh, and, and, and he's the, the, the junkyard dog in the team. And he, he definitely asserts himself. And, you know, they're, they're friends now. But, you know, uh, I, I think that the fan base understands that, you know, of the four championships, Kevin Durant by himself got us too. I would say I would say by himself but was a big contributor. He was an MVP in, in those two championships. So he's gonna get a, a resounding I'm hoping a, a, a resounding standing ovation tomorrow night uh, when Eddie, they announce it. You are the optimistic I am I think he's gonna get a big applause. I'll, I'll bet you on that. Let's bet on that. that. Re record it. Record it. I will bet you a dinner on that. I will bet you All you right. will get a resounding uh and it's not gonna be no you know happy meal kind of uh you know dinner, okay? We're talking about a legit dinner, Guillermo. Uh, maybe, 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 no, I'll give you pupusa. Maybe you buy me pupusas from El Salvador, right? Salvador <laughs> pupusas, man. Yeah, right. you know, Americans hear pupusa, and they're thinking 10 zillion other thoughts. <laughs> Look it up, pupusas, words, man. Exactly. They're legit food, man, from El Salvador. Anyway, so, so in that game, so, uh, you know, this is going to be an intriguing matchup because, you know, it's kind of like the new Warriors against the old Warriors. Because, you know, you have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. And the Warriors won their, their two of their four championships with Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, and, and Stephen Curry. Which is essentially what this team is trying to mimic, in my opinion. That same three sharpshooters that can, you know, uh, shoot from range and make the, spread out the floor so that the team is hard to guard. This is going to be intriguing because now this is the new school versus the old school. And the old school has you know, up-and-coming uh, players. They have a very deep team. Their starting five actually is the net, the highest net-rated starting starting five of the entire NBA. And and this is, this is even when Andrew Wiggins last year missed two months of play. And then you have Jordan Poole getting punched by Draymond Green. So there was a lot of adversity that this team had to overcome last year. And yet they still made it to, some, uh, to, the, to the conference semifinals and were ousted by the Lakers in, in six games. They are still a legit team. They are a team that is going, they have a lot of pride. They know how to get it done. And I think that they are going to upset, not upset. They're going to, they're going to beat the Suns tomorrow, but I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm calling it 108 to 107 uh, Warriors tomorrow night.
All righty. Wow. And you've been doing nothing but talking up the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it's game one, man. I mean, this is good. There's going to be a lot of emotion and they're, 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 they, they, they're going to be on the road in the first like seven out of nine games. I think the Warriors are, and, and they have to prove that they can win on the road because last year they were a horrific road team. And uh, I think this, you know, even, even though they're not on the road this year against the Suns, you know, they, they want to go ahead and start off on, on a good, on a good, uh, on, on a good foot because they're going to be playing a lot of road games coming up. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So is that it for opening night? That's it. That's it for, uh, for opening night. I mean, you know, the thing is because our podcast is only once a week right now, you know, we're, you know, for next week, we're going to review some of the games that have already happened yeah. and then talk about the upcoming games. But, you know, there are more games coming up. We won't have enough time to cover all the games that are coming up. We'll have more time oh, to cover games that have already happened, right? So I'm all, that's why I'm only covering the game, you know, first game on Tuesday since, you know, tomorrow our podcast is going to show up uh, on the game date. So that's the reason why yeah. we're doing it. So, I'm going to enjoy it because I'm getting back into it too in the sense of uh, having somebody educate me uh, 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 in a way where I'm actually learning uh, as well as I love bringing the business side of it into this because basketball is so fascinating. There's a yeah. great book out there, a business book called uh, If You Can Sell Ice to the Eskimos or, or selling, selling Ice <laughs> to the Eskimos or something like that. Dude, the guy was the vice president of the Nets. We don't have time, but another episode, it's a book uh, uh, that everybody should read on the business. And he, I, I'll never forget the one line in there. It goes something like, do you know how hard it is for an individual to spend five or ten million dollars a year and he was like how many cars houses right 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 entourage right they can do it so it's just an interesting concept (laughs) anyway eddie i think that closes it out you have the daily fantasy picks actually yeah yeah so daily fantasy so i'm a big daily fantasy player but you know the thing is there are so many different sites that do it and i you know i i picked one just because i wanted to kind of understand the flow of how that that site works i tried other ones i just i just decided to pick one and go with it um, you know, I'm plugging FanDuel here, but that's the one I chose. I tried the other ones. I think FanDuel is the most intuitive. Uh, their app is very, very good. And I just think, you know, by the way, Guillermo, I don't know if you know this, but I actually had the idea of FanDuel and actually launched a, 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 pro, a, 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 a site back in 2004 um, called Fantasy Sports Game Master. And my intent was to do the exact same thing FanDuel is doing, where and I and I promoted a little bit at the Fantasy Sport Trades Association, but my whole thing was you pick a lineup for football, right? And there's only football at, at the time, and you pick you, the, 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 the 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 any 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 guy you want, no salary cap. You just pick anybody you want, and your goal is, of course, get the highest point total. But if you're able to get a the 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 most optimum lineup, you win a, a million bucks. Yeah. So that's that was what I created as 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 an idea. And FanDuel came up similar idea, but they would have beat me. That you know they would have taken me out anyway eventually. But I come up, I came up with this idea back then as well. So anyway, so the way daily fantasy works is that you have a lineup, you have a salary cap of sixty thousand dollars, and then you have to fill up that lineup without going over sixty thousand dollars. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down. I'm not going to give you a lineup, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the highest value, high priced guys. Okay. And these are the guys that have the most points per per dollar uh, p- uh, potential. All right. So out of the highest value of uh, price players, and th- these are guys that are like eleven thousand five hundred bucks to ten thousand dollar range. And these, these guys, hidden in, gems. they're hidden gems. These are, no, these are these are not hidden gems. These are the guys. These are the like main guys that carry the team. 
These are the guys that carry a team. These are the most expensive guys that you're going to spend uh, money on. But for, you're going to get the order. biggest bang for them. Though. Potential the bang for your buck, right? Yeah. So in, in order, I have it. Nikola Jokic is number one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. he's the guy gotcha. that I think is uh, the most valuable. The whole offense runs for this guy, so he's definitely number one to pick. If you're going to if you're gonna spend the money on one of these high-priced guys, he's the guy to target. Anthony Davis is number two. And then I would say Stephen Curry and then LeBron James in that order. That's how you choose them, right? And I went from the most expensive to the least expensive, okay? Right. So, so the elite of the elite here. The elite of the elite. But you, there's no way you can get a good lineup and put, like, all four of these. You, there's no way you can do it because you're not going to be able to fill out a right, lineup. Right, right. And do that, it. that's what I was going to ask you is my favorite part of fantasy, anything, DFS, uh, even though I don't play DFS, the concept's similar, is finding the value player. And that's the that's where I'm, gonna, I'm going there. You're going to get the most I'm, I'm, I am getting there. I am getting there. I'm just going – I'm going by tiers right now, okay? Right, yeah. right, so I went to the highest-priced uh, players. Now I'm going to the, the, the next value, the highest value between $9,900 and $6,800. So I'm tiering these. And in that category, in number one, I would say it's Devin Booker. Devin Booker is probably the number one guy to target in that in that uh, price range. And then number two, I would say Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is somewhere probably around eight, $8,800, if I remember correctly. Devin Booker is like 9400 bucks in that range. Chris Paul is number three. Uh, I think he has a lot to prove. I think he's motivated to go against his old team, the Phoenix Suns. So I think that's why he's priced at $8,000. And I think that's a good value pick because he's going to get a lot of minutes. to, uh, And he might start more than likely tomorrow because Draymond Green has already been ruled out. All right, so those are the, the first two tiers. The third tier, and I only have a, one other tier after this, uh, the highest value between 6.7K and 5.1K. I have, and the highest right now is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is roughly about 6,500 bucks for him. And I'm just going by memory. I didn't write down the numbers. I'm just kind of going by memory. Uh, Michael Porter right now, I think he's right around $6,000. Uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, another Denver Nugget, he's around $5,700. Uh, Kevon Looney uh, for the Golden State Warriors, he five thousand four hundred, and then the biggest steal, in my opinion, is D'Angelo Russell, six thousand two hundred bucks for that. I mean, this guy could put up some points on a pretty high power team, and he's playing very, very well. So I would put him as a very, very high value in that in that category. And then the last, uh, these are the Nuggets that you're talking about, uh, Guillermo. Yeah. These are the hidden oh, gems. Right? The long shot these guys. are the long shots. All right, these yeah, are the guys yeah. that you know. The, the winning fantasy lineup that wins a lot of money is more than likely going to have one of these or two of these players in their lineup. And the first one I have is Dario Saric. Dario Saric is going to get minutes on the on the Warriors, and he's playing very, very well for the Warriors, and he's only priced at 3700 bucks. So he's someone that would be a good line, a good person to put in if you're trying to put two of those high-value guys like a Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis on the same team at the same time. Another hidden gem is Jonathan Kaminga. As I mentioned already, this guy had a great preseason. This guy looked really good. Like, he's taken a step. Like, he's rounded the corner, and he's turned the corner, and he's he's out to show something that he is the man, that, that he should be, you know, he was drafted at the seventh position, and all of the guys that were drafted in front of him are starting for other teams. He's the only guy that really was put on a, on a really, really good team and had to earn his minutes. But I think right now he is showing that he – has turned the corner and is showing his talent. And I think he's taken the coaching now and is not pouting like he did last year. So Jonathan Kaminga is number two. Uh, I think he's roughly about 4,200 bucks per hour correctly in that range. Um, and then uh, Josh Okogie for the Phoenix Suns is another one. He's roughly about $4,000. And then Contavious Calderpope is another one. And he's roughly about 4,300 bucks. So those are the guys. 
I'm not going to tell you how to put your lineup because I don't want you, I don't want you to take you know steal my thunder because that's the, that's the whole challenge is kind of puzzle this thing together to come up with a lineup that actually works. So these are my these are my DFS uh, plays for the week and good luck uh, in 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 uh, in, in, in gambling this week for these players and happy and safe gambling. All right. So just, uh, I'm yeah. not promoting gambling, right. I'm not promoting gambling. I'm just saying, if you do do it, just be safe about it. Exactly. And there you have it, my friends, our NBA preview with Mr. Eddie Aparicio. Eddie, any more words of wisdom before we let the audience go? Get them or you're going to owe me a pupusa dinner, man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Right. And with and with that, he's <laughs> truly living a fantasy land. Okay. So, All right, so to everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, check us out at sportsgrumblies.com where you will find our other podcasts, Fired Up, Free For All, Big Questions with Big John. You can see us on your favorite platforms, YouTube or Rumble. Make sure you check out the grumblingsmedia.com moniker. And Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora for those who just want to hear us and not see us. Eddie, thank you for coming on. Everybody else, do not forget to share this after you see it. And until next time, we will see you on Points on the Board. See ya. Peace out, everyone.